It's the context of sound. Sure the fuck is. Sure is. <laughs> we are back up in the motherfucking building. What? <laughs> or oh, well, what? Well, what? Yeah. Um. So, welcome back to the context of sound. Welcome back to the context of sound. We um, we're really excited about... I'm personally very excited about this episode. I'm not... Based on what we just talked about two seconds ago before the micro before we started recording i'm not sure that i fully understand the assignment, assignment. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna figure it out we're gonna figure it out no so okay i've been i've had this idea for this episode for a while and are we just I, going straight into the episode i just feel like i'm gonna start talking about like we're not getting straight into it but like i think that like i don't know i've been jonesing to talk about this for a while because i have a lot of opinions on the matter mm, um, uh-oh she got opinions i got i got opinions and i'm about to voice them today um, because I think it's like, it is a, a hotly contested thing in, um, in uh, every year. Uh, and I think it's a funny story to talk about like what, uh, so anyways, I guess what I can say is we're talking about songs of the summer. Now and, that it's officially now that summer. Now it's official summer. In uh, the Northern Hemisphere. That is true. Um, um, so, um, the, the way in which, you know, a, I mean, everyone knows what a summer song is, you know, like, it's just like that. I don't know, but now that I'm thinking that maybe I don't. Okay. So in my opinion, like a song of the summer is. Oh, so it's opinion based. It's opinion based. Okay. But then, I mean, I, like, then I do know what a song of the summer is. <laughs> but I feel like it's always like, it's that song that like when you it's hear a song you it, cannot just, escape. Like, you can't escape it. And as much as you want to dislike it, you just can't. Uh, or as much as it gets overdone or overplayed, you're just like, all right, that still still kind of goes. Okay, I did I did understand the assignment because okay. that's that was my opinion on it. There are some that are great, and there are some there that are, are some not that so are great, really fire, you know. Um, and so I think um, oftentimes corny. Yes, but that's kind of what makes, that makes it the charm. It's that like, it's got to be a good vibration. Absolutely, I think it's got to have like. I'd say, because I wrote this down, like, what, what makes a song of summer? First, it's got to be radio friendly, mm-hmm. number one. Like, it's got to be shit that you can play on the radio, like, repeatedly, and it doesn't need to necessarily be, like, too many, like, expletives. Yeah. Um, also. Okay, so a lot, not a lot of expletives. Not a lot of expletives. Yeah. So, like, it's just got to be something that, like, people can the sing kids along can to. The kids can grannies sing, grannies can to. sing. That's, like, why Happy was such a big song. Oh, yeah. Because, like, you can sing it in church, you can sing it in, like, a funeral. I, happy, I think, is actually the... L- Last, most recent song. Actually, maybe with the exception of Justin Timberlake's um, last hit, um, uh, on twenty like twenty. The troll. Oh yeah, um, that song, which was like happy too, basically. Yeah, like happy's. I think the last song that is a hit across all generations. The last hit song that everybody, everybody knows. Liked. Yeah, everybody knew that song. Like, my mom doesn't know any Drake songs. No. Like, my, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, absolutely. It's the one song it's, that... It's yeah. a real bona fide hit in the yeah. terms of, like, everybody, everybody knows, knows that song. Yeah. It was everywhere. Yeah, because, yeah. like, yeah, the Trolls song, the... What was it? Um, Can't Stop Feeling. I actually yeah. have that on what... Uh, yeah, Can't Stop the Feeling. Ugh. I have a problem with that song. I do, too. So that's... But we... There was different criteria of what we yes. had... So, we did, did, have you agreed on, like, what they... The, this is going to be a mess. But it's going to be great. So, I think one of them should be, like, <clears throat> Guilty Pleasure. Guilty obviously. Pleasure. One should be, like, um, like old school or a couple, like, like what's your, like, your, just an ultimate, just kind of, like, old school summer jam. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I did one from, like, childhood. I have one from my childhood as well. One from, like, er- young adulthood. I've got those as well. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, then I did Guilty Pleasure. Mm-hmm. I did. I kind of couldn't pick just one of a couple of these, so we're gonna be we're gonna be going on a journey today. I think. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, so um, Guilty Pleasure. Mm-hmm. Then Ultimate. Ultimate Summer Jam. And then uh, Worst or Awful. I we, we remember we were gonna pick one that we just thought was awful. Yes, and I have that. Yes. Yes, I'm ready for that. Um, don't I? Because I just, I don't know, like, I'm so, I'm so conflicted with, like, just picking, like, five songs right now. Yeah, I, I picked, I picked Because there's, like, that. quite a few. And also because I didn't know if you would pick some that... That you were going to pick soon? Well, that I think definitely need to be mentioned. Yes. No, there's definitely, like, a handful of tracks. And maybe we can, like, I don't know, how, how should we go about it? Um, we'll just figure it out as we go, I think. You know, let's I mean, start with, isn't like, that what we do? That's what we always do. Join us, won't you, on a journey through music. Um, Is there anything else we need to just discuss about life, like things in general? Oh, kind of in a somewhat related situation, um, but not. But yeah, <laughs> um, I got a text from my manager, Kevin. Um, just sort of oop, pointing out something that is really insane to me. Okay. And this is, um, I don't know, maybe if this comes from Billboard or whatnot, but looking at the UK Billboard chart history, you may be surprised to learn that there is actually not a single year since its 2004 release in which Mr. Brightside by The Killers mm. has not been in the top 100. It has charted 166 times and counting. It's been a run of 35 consecutive weeks in the charts between July 2016 and March 2017. Wait. 2016 to 2017. Mr. Brightside? Mr. Motherfucking Brightside from The Killers from 2004. Damn. This January, it reached number 49. Are you kidding me? Its highest (laughs) position in three years. Mr. Brightside has literally... A top 50 single in it's in 2017. It is still on the charts at this very moment. Let that sink in for a second. That is a great song, though. It's a I mean, it is kind of an ultimate summer jam. It's a summer jam, without a doubt. Because it's 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 that thing. It's radio friendly. It was like perfectly timed. Like it was like such a song of that year. You couldn't escape it. You couldn't escape it. It was everywhere. I was literally thinking about that. That kind of blows me away. Yeah. And it was also probably aided by the fact that it was like uh, on like Guitar Hero, remember that game? Yes, it was mm-hmm. everywhere. I think everyone, everyone knew that song. But that song was a top fifty hit in two thousand seventeen. Two thousand seventeen. That's crazy. Well, also a de- like twenty one and nineteen are still on, still, still like Billboard in top two hundred. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So, anything's possible. <sighs> that's crazy though. I did I mean, not know that. That's an unbelievable. It just kind of blows my mind. That's been and confuses me. I wonder, like, what's responsible for it, though. Well, number one, England. That is true. But they don't, like, listen to anything else? <laughs> like, what's going on? Um, so They listen to Little Mix. They do listen to Little Mix quite a bit. I just... I want to have a button. You know how, like, on radio shows, they have a button with, like, yeah, catchphrases? Yeah, soundboard. I want a balegda button. You should get one. I'm going get to. One. Yeah, let's do that for next week. Okay. We'll just have one. <laughs> 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 just bye, Lecta. <laughs> Sorry. 
We play that we play this video in like last week's episode, and I'm sure it didn't make any sense to any of you. Um, but it, it is some random video of uh, one of the I don't know. Actually, which, can we just play it? Let's play. The girl that's named after bottled water. That's that did that. <laughs> Wait, the, who's named after bottled? There's a girl with like a that's in the. Uh, her name's, her name's like, like Evian. No, it's like Perrier. I think her name's Perrier. No, this girl's na- name is not Perrier. Oh. Whose name is Perrier? The white one? There's like three white ones. The blonde okay. one. So there's a girl group in the UK called Little Mix. <laughs> yeah. Um, the kind of the closest thing we have to them here, I would say, is like No Harmonies. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> No comedy. Fifth Harmony literally has no harmonies. They don't in their harmonize songs. whatsoever, which is the craziest like, part. Like, can I get a first harmony? Just give me, give me a little, give me a little bit. Just, just uh, slightly underneath, you know, like nothing. They don't. So we don't really have little mix here, but I would have to say that they're superior to. They can actually no harmonies. Yeah. <laughs> it really is a conundrum. It really is. Um, also, there's not like. There's nothing like a British girl group in the way that they handle the press. Like, they just know how to be hilarious. They have, because it's it's kind of like that. It's like like, their main job. Because it's like a, I think (laughs) it's like their main job actually is to be funny. I wonder if if you think Little Mix will do like a Spice World. I hope they do. And I, it would be great. I didn't really know a goddamn thing about Little Mix (laughs) other than that my friend Uzo, um, M and E K, he like writes for them them, and like loves them and. They seem like sweet girls, and honestly, I didn't know. I don't know anything of them besides the fact that they covered like a Damien Rice song when they were on X Factor. Cannonball was really great. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, they can actually sing, sing. and they have really cute personalities. And I didn't really know anything about them until I was introduced to this video called Belegda, (laughs) which one of them was asked to do a Jamaican accent, and this is what happened. Not the bottled water one, though. Oh. Uh, how do you? Oh, my And that's just, what happened. And you should just it the it kind of set the the internet afire. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, like it was obviously since they're I guess the majority of their listenership is in the UK. I guess I don't know when this happened. When was that? Like a few. It actually, ago? I think I'm really late to the Belegda yeah. party. Yeah, I mean they have but, merchandise already. And so I, someone just like... bought me. My friend, shout out to Kiman and Lauren for buying me a Belegda. Um, <laughs> it's the greatest thing I bag. think I've seen in a long time. It's like airbrushed and really beautiful. It's got her done. face. She just a... if you're at the, if you're at a computer, just type in Belegda. B A L E G. Wait, how do you? <laughs> B B a L E G D E H. And be blessed. And be blessed. Absolutely. Have a belegda day. I sa- I've said today, I said belegda to you. Belegda to you. Belegda, my friends. And again, I say belegda. <laughs> belegda, again to you. Belegda on, on your house. <laughs> um, anyway, so that happened. And anyway, anyway, it, may, it made me. Look up Little Mix. I was like, okay, th- this is funny. I'm gonna yeah. watch some of their songs and videos. And mm-hmm. Whatever, they were cute. They're very cute. Um, but yeah, I think. Ooh, where should should we start on? I guess how should we start this? I guess let's finish talking about like what makes a song of the summer, song of the summer, and then okay. we can get into what it. does make a song of the summer a yeah. song of the summer. I feel like it's got to have obviously a good catchy tempo and beat. 
It's got to be usually pretty upbeat in general. Like, nothing that's too, like, aggressive or um, uh, just, like, complex. Mm-hmm. Everything tends to, like, it's almost inevitably always kind of a little bit poppy. Um, I think that, for me, it's, like, between, like, it... I realize that each year, the Song of the Summer tends to be, like, just a combination of being radio-friendly, just being... When it's released, obviously, like, I think right around, like... March, April, May is like when those songs start to yeah. tend to come out. Sometimes as yeah. late as July. Yeah, sometimes um, as late as July. But I think if they start to come out in March, then they really have time to like build infect. Up. Yeah, yeah. And just linger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I know that it's actually pretty great that it's like timely that we're doing this when we're doing it because um, Billboard, every year they announce what, like based on, based on chart performance... <laughs> They announce which uh, which song is their song of the summer. So like last year it was like "Work" by Rihanna, which was mm. quite literally like you could not go an hour in the day without hearing that song. Like even if you never listened to it, like personally, like clicked play on it, you would still hear it at least once an hour. Like whether just like overhearing it somewhere, or else you were or just driving out in your car, yeah. or like driving past a store, or or you just start singing it. You yeah. know, like you could you could not escape it, but um. So like they they chart performance between Memorial Day and Labor Day and whichever song kind of just does the best is kind of officially. And so their Billboard is based entirely on chart success. It's in based the entirely on chart success. Yeah. Um, so see, I would have thought it would have been um, "Can't Stop the Feeling" because that was the biggest selling song of the year, which is crazy to me. Yeah, it sold like. Um, Two million copies, or almost three million copies, or something. Two point four nine million. That's an unbelievable amount of the biggest, the best-selling song of two thousand sixteen in the U.S. Yeah. Anyway, that song was so boring. Like, I get that it's like catchy. It's totally a summer song too. Like, you can't really say anything. To me, that was this. Anyway, I, let's let's stick to this. <laughs> let's stick to this. Yeah. Um. So. I think, I mean, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like good beat, good feeling, make, like it's sing-along-y, you can, it's really easy lyrically? Um, I think traditionally, or when I when I think of it, it's generally pretty upbeat, pretty, I think there's like a euphoria involved. Mm-hmm. There's like a sense of like, oh, elation, like, oh, this yeah. is fun. It's yeah. got to be fun. There's one on my list, though, that doesn't really quite fit into the like up-tempo, fun, party mm. song mm-hmm. yet for me still very much hits the mark i have one like that too um so we can call that like the the what, what do you want to call that one like the i'm just gonna let it be what it is and not try and one. give it a um like not try and put it in a box I like and that. like yeah let just it just it live its, its life thing. yeah 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 live its own truth like it's non-binary truth absolutely i dig that i i can do that too cool so then should we start with like our favorite of our youth Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, let's start with guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. Okay, let's do guilty pleasure. Okay. Okay. You, you go. I you go hit him. Hit okay. him. Hit him. So I think my guilty pleasure is going to be like a twofer, uh, because it mm. was the summer of 2010. I was like uh, a, a wee baby, twenty year, twenty something year old. I can't remember how old it was in 2010, but. Um, there was a lady by the name of Katy Perry. Who, <laughs> Carrie Perry. Carrie Perry, mm-hmm. who released two back-to-back jams. Mm. 
that I was like going back and forth about because I don't really be- first of all I don't really believe in the idea of guilty pleasures because I think if you like a song you just like a song well first of all if you're actually going to say okay here's what I'll say if one of them is Teenage Dream <laughs> it is that is not a guilty pleasure because it's that a good is fucking song. a bona fide, it's a bona fide brilliantly written pop it's song a perfect it's one pop of song. the best pop songs of all time of all time of all time it's- because if you don't get goosebumps from that you're dead you're dead inside I don't yeah. get it like it's the most perfect pop song it's like chemically induced she needs to be like given like a peabody award for that <laughs> a nobel like prize in literature or something that song is if the second one i'm assuming perfect. is fireworks no it's it's california girls okay okay come on now so fireworks we'll, is guilty we'll I'm start sorry. with that's going yeah. to trial, going to trial. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with the first one that came out which is california girls Greetings, loved ones. Wake up in the morning, smell <laughs> like the Diddy. Carrie Perry in the house. Carrie Perry in the house. Um, Wait, you didn't get to the chorus. Oh, yeah, we have to play the chorus. I mean, <sighs> it's just, it's, I actually am, I know like pop is so out right now. And yeah. I think that's why Carrie Perry's kind of struggling a bit. She's not having a good time. Yeah. Nobody really wants this kind of vibe right now, but I, I'm kind of all already ready for pop to come back. I think, I think it's <laughs> going to in the summer. Like it, pop always has like a place in the summer months. I mean, that's, yeah. it's, if you think really like where Katy Perry thrives at, it's like, it is Carrie Perry, Carrie lives, Perry in lives, in the, lives in the summer. Like she just does. She does it. She like even I don't know what it is about this song that I find to be so catchy, but like it's obviously just you can sing along it's to it. It's a Dr. Luke like it's just a, kind of pop it's recipe. It's a pop jam. It's great. I mean, Dr. Luke, Max Martin, it was co-written with Bonnie McKee who like wrote basically all of her shit. Yeah. Uh they were they are a rock solid songwriting duo. Those oh, two. Bonnie's amazing. Bonnie's a badass. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So this song came out in May of 2010. It was everywhere forever. It uh, peaked at number one. Obviously, was on the top of the charts for six weeks. It was her second uh, number one single, and it was actually only Snoop Dogg's third. Snoop Dogg was. Um, is this third this number is one? Only his third number one, which is wow. crazy because that was like he'd been around forever. Um, the song reached number one in ten other countries. Uh, it was like unstoppable. Obviously, it got like basically all pretty positive reviews from everyone. But like, what did they say? California Girls is a fizzy pop concoction of empty calories, but it sure does stick with you. But yeah, it's kind of like you it's always like just pure sugar. It's just pure sugar, and you can't like, I don't know. I I I think it's a 
<laughs> it's a really good song. It's definitely like a song of the summer for sure. It is without a doubt. Yeah. So then, like two, two months later in July, yeah, she releases what is like Sam was saying, quite literally, in my opinion, the greatest pop song of the the twenty first century. The twenty first century thus far. I would I, completely agree. I I I mean I I it, hazard and the there. reason why because it has. It's so hooky, and when you get past that first hook, mm-hmm. the chorus, when you're just like, okay, like this is really giving me feelings. It is. Then there's another chorus. Yeah. There's like a second hook. <laughs> Let's just get into it. It really is just like lyrically. It's just like everyone, everyone has this this moment in there. I mean, hopefully, it makes everyone me has, feel like a person. It makes me like makes me feel things like, <laughs> and I don't have, like I don't feel person. things at all. <laughs> Makes me feel like a real life boy. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, feelings are a yes. When that bit comes in, that was when I was like, because I remember. Hang on, we gotta get there. Yeah. Look, I mean, I remember being so resistant to this, by the way, too. Like, this came out and I was like, ew. The first time I heard this song, I was at this shitty fucking bar in downtown Minneapolis. Uh, I was, I would, it was, uh, the, I remember because it was the summer of 2010 and there was a World Cup going on and I was like drunk the entire time. And I was sitting in this bar and I was like, this is awful. There's a lot of crazy ass white nonsense going on in here. <laughs> and the song came on. And I remember looking over to my friend Meg at the time and I said, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and she's like, oh, this is a new Katy Perry it's song. It's a new Katy Perry. And I said, I, this is this is unbelievable. I was like, this is a goddamn hit. Like, and it just it became a big hit. Yeah. But like in general, like 
when you talk about what makes a good pop song, it like it makes you feel like hopeful. It makes you feel alive. It makes you feel young and in love. And like that's what pop music is. Yeah. It's like this young, that energetic. That song is, is like a drug. It, it really, really is. is. Like, and you can say whatever you want to say about like about Katy Perry. And I Perry. felt pressured into taking it. <laughs> you did. When I you were loved resistant. it, yeah. I was so resistant. I was like, nah, nope, not I'm gonna not, do it. No. And then when that second hook comes in, you just like, God damn you it, just have you got to surrender. Me. You have to. You just have to let it go. Let go and let God. Let go and, and like, let God. And let Katy Perry do her thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that song was, uh, it. I don't know. I don't know if I can technically call it. I just feel like I didn't really have anything else besides, like, that, that I thought was, like, great, but I wasn't, like, really into. Oh, or, because another song that I was going to play, that I'm still going to play later on, I'll get into, kind of might fit in this bill. And then, like, the rest of them were, like, basically shit um damn sorry <laughs> they're <Jesus>. basically shit <laughs> um, okay so that's my my two uh guilty Those, pleasures that was like i mean that was Katy perry's summer she owned that she summer. owned that summer she owned it hands down she she didn't um rent to own she, she didn't just rent paid, to own. She cash, just paid for cash outright front, and it was just like all right this is mine. no mortgage no, none of it she was just like she no, just no, no. Owned she it. got that she got that cash discount too yeah. she was like all right just give me all your coins everybody like some of Summer is mine. Can you imagine though? I mean, like you come like those two songs were like huge, huge. And then that fireworks, year. fireworks. That was yeah. the same album. That song also like that, that was a good pop record. It just was. Yeah, it was. It was good for you, Carrie Perry. You do your thing, but anyway. So they had. I was just reading some background on the on Teenage Dream in general. So uh, Bonnie, who also wrote California Girls with her, yeah. wrote Teenage Dream, and they were saying that they were both really into Lolita. That year, which is kind of weird because Elite is a story about like a little girl being like in a relationship with like a grown ass man. But yeah, anyhow, they started writing this song that was about you know like um, really just like young love and like teenage emotions and like she said that she was like referencing time when she was like in in the nineties, you know, when like Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet came out and like mm. she was sitting there thinking about like Leo and dancing around and. This kind of like really innocent age, but also it started out. The song started out really innocent, but they like they wanted it to be something that was a bit more like, more you know like, more realistic for like what a teenage like love was. Something that's like wrapped up in lust and and sex and mm. and passion, passion and obsession and obsession and, and, and like and all of these things mm. that like when you listen to that song lyrically, like everyone has had a love like that, and it doesn't. It's not even like specific to like. To being a teenager, it's really as a get out. Like what she said, like uh, you make me feel like you're living this teenage dream, and like yeah. that kind of renewed like passion. And like when you meet somebody new, and you're just like, holy shit! Like this person's great. Um, that song gives you that that energy. Like it's that same kind of like this is corny as they fuck. make me want to fall asleep fuck. in a pile of my own vomit with a red cup in my hand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 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 they make me want to shit myself <laughs> when I pass out. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh god, oh. that's awful. Did that happen? Oh, maybe. <laughs> that's for another story. Um, so yeah, that is that's why I love that song. It's not necessarily yeah. like it's Katy Perry. It's corny. It's all these things, but it's, it's corny, so it's, it's sugary, so true. But yeah. it's real. It's real. Anyways, those are mine. Yeah. What's your guilty pleasure? That's a great. Okay, so um, my are you gonna disconnect? Yeah, and just did. Um, so oh. this noise that you're hearing is brought to you by Tide. It's Tide once again noise. just uh, 
just really providing the technological advancements that get us through each episode. So thank you guys. So technically, this song was a summer hit. It didn't really make it until to the United States until about like eight months later, mm-hmm. um, where it was a f- bona fide like monster monster hit. Mm. Um, it, but I was in. I spent that summer. This is 1996, and I spent the summer in in the UK, yeah. and it was um, just fucking everywhere. And it, um, this song was in uh it was in 2014 it was rated as the most easily recognizable pop song of the last 60 years what yeah so i want to see if um actually you can recognize it like Quickly. with like the tiniest amount of playing no no i haven't figured it out yet <laughs> Oh, yes. Damn, that was a. Fucking... I mean, you could not escape it. Woo. You could try. You could try. I don't think it was possible. You couldn't. Like they own 1996 they and, did, 97. and 97. So like, really, was it didn't break through into the United States um, until like January, February of of 1997. But it sus- literally was such a monster hit that it mm-hmm. sustained itself through the summer. Without a doubt. I mean, it was like you Everywhere. really couldn't get away from it. It was number one for like four weeks yeah. in the United States. Did we ever figure out what Ziga Zig Ah uh, is? It's Pootie Tang. It's, it's Pootie Tang. It's, um, I mean, it's doing it. Yeah, okay. It's. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. I don't know why people are always like, when is Zig? Like, you know what it is. I really, I want to, I want to make the Zig Zig. I just, I feel like it's just like, I want to do what? Zig but, Zig Ah. Uh. But that makes sense. You know, I would want to Zig Zig. Jeez. You know, I was, um, <laughs> I was a uh, Scary Spice for Halloween in oh, 2000 yeah. and... Eight, I believe it was. I've seen the pictures. It is some of my finest work. Uh, I still have that costume, actually. These, like, gold lame hot pants and a matching... The matching uh, halter top. Matching halter top. That um, was some... I don't know. It was a good... That was a good year. I was pretty much living for the Spice Girls as a teenager. Yeah. Jesus. Um, They were everywhere. Yeah. I went to... um, (laughs) I went to see them play at the Forum. Nice. I went to... The movie. I went to the premiere of the movie on Hollywood. Boulevard. No way, for real. Hollywood Highland. They arrived in Holy a double decker bus. Of course they did. Um, oh my god. Yeah, I won passes to go to the screening. Jesus. Um, like I was here for. You it. were here for all of it. Yeah. You know my favorite line from that movie. I'm Victoria Malcolm. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's so funny. Oh, when when they're in the hospital. When they're in the hospital. God. 
Yeah. That's a classic film, too. Oh, we watched the film together, didn't we? We did we watch watched the film together. Spice World. Yes, we sure yeah. did. Okay, so we have a lot to get to today, so moving quite along. <laughs> but um, that was, I mean, it was like a monster, monster, monster jam. It sold like 7 million copies. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that is a serious summer jam. I think jam. that came out like my fifth grade year, probably. And I was... Yeah, 1997. Because that was probably. also when... Because it wasn't Waterfalls that year, too. I think Waterfalls was a little earlier. Was it? Um, no, it was No Scrubs that just come out that year. Oh, yeah, that yes, makes sense. that was it. Yes. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so should we do Childhood? Yeah. I mean, I guess that what was Childhood, do? but another Childhood song. Well, that was song. my guilty pleasure. That was pleasure. your guilty pleasure. Okay. Yeah. Good Childhood song or like... I'm gonna do this one. You know, we did Miles and David and Bill. Like yeah. we did our highbrow. We did a highbrow. We're gonna do is... some some shit real quick. Yeah. This one I like a lot, and I don't know really why. This is gonna be it. It's it's a pretty classic. Uh, it's a classic song. Right about now, you're about to be possessed by the sounds of. MC Rawface and DJ Easy Rock. And I came to get down I'm not internationally known But I'm known to rock the microphone I got stuff and I mean outrageous Stay away from me if you're contagious Cause I'm a winner, no not a loser To be an MC is why I choose her Ladies love me, girls adore me I mean even the ones who never saw me Like the way that I rhyme at a show The reason why I'm in, I don't know So let's go cause So yeah. that's It Takes Two. <laughs> I think everybody knows that song too uh, by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. Uh, it actually came out in 1988, so I was just a wee baby back then. But um, it's still one of those songs. I've just I feel like it, it's it one of my early. A, it's yeah. every summer. It just kind of, I it kind of became even though it came out in the late 80s, became like pretty synonymous with the 90s. Yeah, because uh, I almost always assume that it just came out in like '92, because that's kind of when I remember hearing it. I think it just they wheel it out every summer. Yeah, it just they was like they still do. They still do. It's just it to yeah, me. You it to sounds any like hip-hop summer station, and it's like yeah, it yeah. just sounds like a hot day. It's like, like you know, it's summer when you get allergies, and that song is on the radio. Yeah. Um. So people say this song is obviously it's 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 well known it's it's been around since 88 obviously it's over the years uh people have said that it's one of the it's people have actually claimed it to be the greatest hip-hop single ever cut um but it's what that that song oh wow yeah um some guy named Stephen thomas Irwin, who's a all music guide person who said like a lot of people claim that that's one of the best songs ever for the for the genre um the song is actually uh sampled by uh, it samples this Lynn Collins song called Think About It. Um it's actually a lot of this a couple of the other songs um that I picked today kind of have these weird samples that you'd never kind of attach to it. Uh here's the original song that it was that it sampled. Hey fellas, mm. I'm talking to you, you, you too. Do you guys know 
also, this song is a really great summer song itself. Uh, it is a song by Lynn Collins. Uh, it was on James Brown's record label. Yeah, uh, this was on a compilation. Yeah, James um, Brown's funk, uh, People's Records. Yeah. Yeah. So from now on, we're gonna use what we got to get what we want. So that also. Also, that little slip at the beginning, which is like, yeah, it's been that's sampled, been sampled a by like Ice Cube, yeah, Slick Rick, Janet Jackson, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Immortal Technique, um, In Vogue, In Vogue, no, no, no not, not In Vogue. Um, let's see who else. De La Soul. Uh, I feel like some West Coast like Snoop or. Um, or Ice Cube sample. Band. Ice Cube did. Oh, Ice Cube. Think. It was. And it's like yeah. Think, and then like the Bonnie and Clyde theme, Snoop does. Um. But yeah, that's just a little taste of Think About It by Lynn Collins. Uh, that song is fucking like it's seriously funky. Yeah. Get into it. Um. But yeah, it takes two. That was like the. I just feel like my like, my childhood like of like. I don't know, just that that's like the summer right there, that song. Every year, I mean, it just kind of was a thing. Like, everyone was just doing like, like the Run Man too. And like, wearing, wearing a hot pink tag. Tube tank socks and like, like LA gears. <laughs> yeah, and just with like, like some like elastic bottomed, oh, yeah. like printed pants. Pretending to break dance. Like, yeah. just doing like that break dance stance. <laughs> like and that's a nylon it. hat. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> God, so whack. Yeah. It's just so whack. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is. Like, that song in and of itself has been covered by, like, five million people. Um, there's actually a really weird version of this song that uh, is kind of curious, and I'm actually going to play. Kind of curious. <laughs> well, because... Curiously Mike, strong. Curiously weird, because uh, it involves Mike Will Made It, uh, huh. Lil Yachty, Uh-oh. and Carly Rae Jepsen. Wow. So... Was I with you when we saw Carly Rae Jepsen yes. at... Who I thought was at Thundercat. Like, at Thundercat, yeah. I was like, who is this like Who's this tiny, who's this tiny child? like child? I didn't know that she was blonde with short hair now. I don't know who asked for this, but they made it. No timing. None. Rappers have pretty bad timing for the most part these days. But his is specifically it's terrible. I don't even want to finish it. That's terrible. Um, you know, I think Lil Yachty's a really nice guy. So I'm not going to talk much shit because I think he's a very, 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 like, cool dude. I just don't get it, but whatever. Anyway, so that was... Oh, shit, I forgot Carly Rae does rap in this song. And oh, it's we got to hear that then. She does give a good vocal, though. She does.
hey, I mean, it's no Gwen Stefani, but at least she had timing. She had some timing. She put it together. Like, it's yeah. not, she's not bad. It's not, it's just. Little, she had timing. She got it together. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's my childhood jam. That is a, yeah, that's a bona fide. It's a bona fide hit. It is. All right. What's your childhood? Okay, so mine kind of breaks the mold in, um, in a number of ways. But um, I will say this, because, you know, I grew up. I was a child in Australia. I moved mm-hmm. to LA when I was 10. So this song came out in the Southern Hemisphere summer. Mm-hmm. Like, came out late. Um, it came out in November of 1989. And it swept the nation. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just really, like, you couldn't, it just was everywhere, and it was a monster hit. It was also, the song I'm going to play is Kylie Minogue and Jason Donovan. Jesus. So everybody knows Kylie Minogue. But no one in America knows Jason Donovan. No one Donovan. knows Jason Donovan. <laughs> and the reason why this is, why it was so... Like the perfect storm yeah. was because Jason and Kylie were both on a soap opera together. Were they lovers? They were lovers. They Hell were on yeah. again, off again lovers. Oh, and I think they had kind of broken up and everyone was like rooting for them in oh. like a Tyra Banks way. <laughs> <laughs> we were rooting for you. <laughs> um, so yes. when this, and it was a huge deal like around Europe in the UK, it was a mm-hmm. number one single in the, oh, catch this heat. Yeah. There's only been 154 singles in all of history that have sold more than a million copies in the United Kingdom, and this song is one of them. What? Yeah. Wow. This is in the top 200 biggest-selling singles in the UK. It's That's not crazy. like it's not like a dance party jam. Yeah. It's it's somewhat of a ballad, mm-hmm. but. It has that thing that Teenage Dream has. Oh, it's written by Stock Atkin and Waterman, who did a lot of Kylie's old stuff. They did Bananarama. They mm. did um, oh. Rick Roll. They did, um, what's his name? Rick, Rick Astley. Rick Astley. They were like a hit factory yeah. back in the day. And what this song does have is this like chemical reaction. It gives you this chemically induced mm-hmm. like dopamine shot because yeah. the way that the song climbs into this chorus of just like, Elation. Yeah. I don't know if you'll catch it on a first listen. <laughs> first listen, because I don't know what it is. But um, it's soppy. It's cheesy. It's not. It's just, it's it's magic. Okay. I'm excited for <laughs> it's it. It's called Especially For You. Don't expect the vocal of life. Especially. <laughs> <laughs> don't expect the vocal of life. <laughs> <laughs> This just it gave me so many goosebumps as a child, and it still does. I'm already here for this 80s, like, synth in the background. Just wait till the chorus comes. Also, the video. I remember looking at that right All now. the dad jeans. Sing Jason. Look at Kylie. I'm sorry, I'm looking at it right now. All that frizzy hair. Yes. Yes, look at these looks. Come on, pre-chorus. Forget the loneliness and the sorrow. I gotta say. Oh my God, hit me right now.
I guess you could kind of compare it to um, "Love Lift Us Up" or like, yes, it's very in that Love kind of. Us up where we... Yeah, absolutely. Also, the fashions in this. I'm watching the video right now. Oh, you are uh, playing the fashions. Are all? I mean, these are like super relevant right now. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of dad it's jeans. It's a lot of jeans. A lot of like black, lot black of, and like, denim. Denim. Yeah. A lot of ripped jeans. Yeah. Chunky jewelry. Floppy. He had like it's kind of Zach. Um, Zach Morris. Zach hair. Morris hair. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And now he doesn't have hair, so... Oh, poor, poor. This is a... I've, I've never heard that song before. I mean, it would never have been played not one time on US radio, but <laughs> this was a big deal. A big hit. I mean, yeah. obviously, it sold over... One of the top 200 performing songs of In the UK, UK of all time. That's yeah. crazy. Um, it, was, it was on the radio for months. Like, it was just like you couldn't... Um, Kylie, Ky, Kylie's highest and longest charting single in uh, in New Zealand. It was twenty one weeks. Wow. Um, in That's Australia, crazy. it was just it, it just they just didn't just stop was playing everywhere. it. So yeah, so that was my childhood um, summer jam. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Um, it's just one of those choruses that, like, when the chorus finally, like, it just keeps climbing and yeah. climbing, and then you get. Is there to like this. a nice, like, like a bridge of some sort in there? I feel like that song is one of those ones that always oh, has like a, a really dramatic bridge. Oh, there's a there's a flamenco guitar oh, solo. Of course. I don't know. It's just something about it just gets me. It, I I get it. There's I like a euphoria. No, there is. I mean, the thing is, it's everybody's has that song of like, you don't really like, you don't understand what it is about it that just gets you so much, but it just fucking gets you. You yeah. know, it's it's a combination. Like, it's like the nostalgia. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. Especially because you might have thought like back then, it was like, man, this is fucking, this is music. Like, this this is, is real life. This is real life. They are giving you strong vocals. They're giving you layered background <laughs> layered vocals. Background. They are giving there you is, chord changes. There is chord changes. They're there is climbs. a beautiful synth. There is a nice like. There's a very subtle. They're like, giving you rich, production. Like, production on production. I mean, there was a whole <laughs> team on that bad boy. But also at this time, like this was production. Oh like, yes, this was top. That was tier top production. notch shit. That was like. State of the art fucking yeah. sounds right there. That opening like fucking doom, like that uh, the, the the what what would that be? That drum machine that they have. Yeah, all day. So yeah, there you go, Kylie and Jason. I feel like a lot of people just heard that for the first time, and yeah. you know what? You're welcome. You're welcome. You know, I was gonna play a Bananarama song. Um, oh really? I was gonna do Cruel cool, Summer. Yeah, because that is the fucking yeah, Cruel Summer. It's a little ahead of my time, but like still a fucking cut. They yeah. Also, Stock Atkin and Waterman, same producers. Yeah, killed it. Yeah, they they were definitely killing it for a while. Should we do? They were the Neptunes of 1989. We should do an episode on those two. No, we should. We should. Let's do it. Stock Atkin and Waterman. Let's go. Stock Atkin. Stock Atkin and Waterman. Yeah, it was three guys. And Waterman. Yeah. Stock Atkin and Waterman. They were. They were. They they were called S A W for short. Saw. 
So. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah. Should we do, what should we do next? Like, um, the... Like young adult? Young like, adult. Okay. I'm, like, conflicted with this decision for a couple of reasons. Because... Uh-oh. Uh, the song that I feel like I should play is not the song that I like. That I feel like is most representative of of my like adult, my young adulthood. But it'd be remiss of me to not play this song because I talk about it often, uh, and uh, it is it's a song that I also don't really understand why I like it so much, and. Uh, <laughs> I actually wrote an article at an internship that I had, like when I was in college, uh, about this song uh, because we had to write an article on like what the song of the summer was, and I wrote it on this song. Uh, and yeah, we'll get into why. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I come out. I hopped up the plane at LAX with a dream in my cardigan. I come up. Welcome to the land of fame, XX. Am I gonna fit in? Jumped in the cab, here I am for the first time. Look to my right and I see the Hollywood sign. This is all so crazy. Everybody seems so famous. My tummy's turning and I'm feeling kinda homesick. Too much pressure and I'm nervous. Cause when the taxi man turned on the So I feel like I've just probably lost several cool points with a lot of people, but I will say this about Party in the USA. Um, it is one of those songs that like, I mean, it's written by Jesse. It's written J, by Jesse J, which you, which is one of the reasons why it's so extra. It's so extra. <laughs> it's just like. Let's just like let's be as loud and as extra and just. Like, I mean, she can't help it. She can't help it. That's that's why that's why she's great. It was a, like I was very confused by Miley Cyrus when she first came out. I didn't understand like what was so spectacular. And about has she this cleared things up very... for you recently, or are you still? Confused? Well, she's always just been a mediocre white girl that like I just was really confused in the same vein of Taylor Swift. Like why they were popular except she's i know miley's sure. i know miley's problematic af yeah but miley can she way can sing. sing better she than taylor sing. swift miley can sing i she will sing. not de- deny her that like and this was the first song of hers that i was just like huh like yeah. okay i get it but also it's just like i remember specifically that year in 2009 like and the reason why i picked this one is not because it was like my favorite but it was simply because it was so like gigantic yeah like it was that it was like of those years between this and like umbrella and all these different things like i was just thinking you know like what were what was that kind of song that like kind of signified like something in like like my went during my early 20s that like was the most popular song of the summer and i went Mm. back and forth like you know it could do some i was thinking you know what was more sort of uh personally like affected by for me which was you know whether it be like phoenix like listomania or like 1901 or you know like mm. i really liked 
like Vampire Weekend in 2008 with like A Punk or you know like Temper Trap and mm. uh, Justin Timberlake like Summer Love like all these other kind of tracks it just kind of I really felt like broke like just were like okay these are like the songs of the summer like but the radio songs of the, the summer the radio songs of the summer but also those songs that like kind of gave you that like really just like summery feeling like yeah. I want to like put my like roll my windows down like drive down the street and just kind of sing put your hands up they're playing your song they're playing my song you're like she's literally like She's narrating. She's, she's narrating what's the fuck happening. out of like, yeah, you're just like trying to act like you're really cool, but you know, I'm just a grown ass man just sitting here, just like bobbing my head along to it and like screaming it on top of my lungs. But I don't know. So, Party in the USA obviously came out and um, like it was a really late entry into it. It was August of 2009, so it was kind of the tail end of the year. Um, it puked. It peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100. It puked at number <laughs> two. Um, it was. It's seven times platinum, which is kind of nuts. Wow. Uh, just it sold 5.5 million copies in the U.S. alone, and I remember reading an article. I wonder how many it sold in Russia. Let's see. Does it say? No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's uh, it's funny that like, so Jesse J. As we said, she wrote this song. I remember reading this article about how like part of the USA paid her like bills for like a while because mm. that song was just that popular. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like she uh, originally wrote this song for herself, um, and I think that she decided not to record the song. Um, they said that it was because it wasn't edgy enough for her to perform, and they're like. She was like, you know, I remember thinking the song is amazing. I don't know if it's me 110%. You can kind of feel it. Uh, and so after a while, the song trickled down to Miley Cyrus when she was working with Dr. Luke. Uh, and then they kind of reworked it a little bit, and it became, like, what it is. Um, <clears throat> so I actually have always been really interested to hear what the original Jesse J version of it is, but I don't know if Oh, that if there's, exists. like, a demo? Let me look that up. Okay. <laughs> She's always doing the most. So sharp. Yeah, she's attacking that song. Like too high, like you are overreaching those notes. <laughs> Settle. Settle. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think again, that is I don't really know why I picked that song, but I just I felt like I couldn't It's a summer jam. I couldn't talk about summer songs without talking about it, so I had to figure out how to fit it in. I'll have some cooler songs coming. (laughs) I don't think this 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 is not a cool episode. It's not about being cool. It's not about being cool. This is sort of about surrendering to that like to that collective corny like spirit of summer that's like the general um, corniness. But the yeah, that was my that was my, my jam that I was thinking of. Okay, so I picked for my young adulthood. Um, I think I was like twenty when this came out. Uh, this is the first solo single by this artist. Oh my god, is this a Gwen song? No. Oh god, I was about to say. Um, 
this song came out in um, on May 18th in 2003, and it was um, number one hit in the United States. It sold seven million copies worldwide, and it um, was inescapable. Like, you could not turn a corner without hearing this song in uh, 2003. And it also, like established this artist as like a serious force to be reckoned with mm. and um later she went on to be i Beyonce. think i know what this is <laughs> yes <laughs> yes Couldn't get a, you just couldn't get away from that it. That was a big ass hit. It's a big ass hit. That was like Rich I think Harrison that was his fucking the defining finest. song of that Ooh. summer. Of that summer, without, yeah, a, without doubt. a doubt. Without a doubt. And um, yeah, Rich Harrison produced yeah. it. He kind of like, like ran like 2003, 2004. Yeah. Between him, like, yeah, because he. He Even into 2005, five. like when we, when we were at Coachella, remember we were in the car and we had like a Rich Harrison we moment sure as we were driving? We absolutely did. Um, and what year was that J Lo song? Uh, get, get right, get right. That, that was, was like two thousand five. Two thousand five, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Rich Harrison. Between that, between J Lo, the shit that he did with like A Marie. Yeah, like, come on. Now. Rich Harrison. That was his signature sort of like the sample heavy, heavy like horn blast, like horns, percussive. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and it's crazy that that was like really Beyonce's breakout hit. Hit. Yeah, her first day deb- single. That debut. was like oh, okay. Yeah. She's like. She's a, a, she's a real that thing. Bitch, yeah. She is that bitch. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, that video was everywhere too. It's just like still to me, that's like one of my favorite Beyonce Songs. moments. Yeah, I mean, like, what like a that date. just makes me want to put on a high heel and pummel. <laughs> so you're just like, <laughs> let me just let me walk. I gotta walk real quick. Like I wish I had uh, like 22 inches to just like <laughs> just to swing around. around. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I, it's all every time she performs that song too. Like when you see, like when you go see her live. Oh, it's my like pelvic to, heaven. My favorite thing to do because uh, I've seen Beyonce like probably three times now, and every time that song comes on, I just like watching other people in the audience because lose their shit. People are shameless, yeah. in their appreciation of that song. Just like trying to do these dance moves that they yeah. like have no goddamn business trying to do. Like everyone doing the uh oh dance, like. <laughs> Honestly, like they are the peep the crowd is far more entertaining than Beyonce is during <laughs> Crazy in Love, without a doubt. Ooh, shots fired. No, I mean come on. <laughs> um <laughs> So I mean you just don't don't come for that song. Don't, because you will lose. 
Yeah, because it will. Um, it, it was rated. Rolling Stone ranked it as the 118th best song of all time. Wow. Which is like okay, but all right. okay, all right, and okay. Yeah, sure. Whatever you say. Um, <laughs> it's just like it won best R&B song and best rap song collaboration at the Grammys. I mean, really, it should have won one record of the year, but you know, you know what the Grammys are like. Ain't shit. Really, too, because like Dangerous in Love, like without a doubt, there were some bona fide hits on that one. I mean, yeah. you can't really come out of the gate with a better like a better presentation than that one a presentation um but yeah. yeah crazy in love was smash 2003 yeah what else was big that year summer wise i feel like there were a couple other big jams then um you know what was big that year is bring me to life by evanescence Oh my god, you know what was big in 2003? What? Right There by Chingy. Yes, can we play that? <laughs> that was a big hit. Also, PIMP by 50 Cent. A real song. Um, in a Da Club. In a Da Club. <laughs> hot um, in Here. No, Hot in Here was 2002, wasn't that? Magic Stick. Oh, this was 50 Cent's year. That 21 was... Questions. Mm. Yeah, 2003 was like 50 Cent's big. 21 um, Questions is a really good song, too. Yeah. that 50 Cent was, like, 2003 20, was 21 his year. Questions is probably my favorite. 50 Cent song, like, yeah. Like, hit. Yeah. Like, Girl, uh, believe me, if I was down, Yeah. Down. Is it Nate Dog? Nate Dog. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. So, yeah. <sighs> I don't know if we really need to hear Right There by Chingy, we but don't. yeah. We don't, but it's always there. Um, okay, so should we do, now we have um, Ultimate Summer Jam left, and then, like, like awful summer jam. Let's do awful and then do ultimate. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna start with my awful, awful one because it's. I picked one awful one just in case you didn't pick it because it has to be. Okay. I mean, I'm pretty sure this is maybe it. It's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. This is it. Yep. I like it when the girls stop by <laughs> in the summer. It's a it's a real treat. Do you remember? This is just like a perfect example of like white people doing too much. Like doing too much. And not enough. It's Chinese food makes me sick. And I think it's fly when girls stop by for the summer. For the summer. I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. I take her if I have one wish. But she's been gone since that summer. Since that summer. I think it's enough, honestly. Like, we all know it. Like, so, <laughs> this black I sense. Just, I, don't, I don't know how to, like, uh, my favorite thing, uh, the favorite line in this. Well, For the summer. My favorite line is, Billy Shakespeare wrote a whole lot of sonnets. It's, uh, this song is full of a bunch of bullshit. It is now, like, questionable doesn't even begin to like begin like like the 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 depths of, of how much this doesn't make any sense. The whole song is just a bunch of non sequiturs that like mean nothing. Yeah, there's so many great. And how lines. many copies did it sell? Uh, it sold in total. Let's see. It was it peaked at number three in '99, uh, and it was I don't know how many copies it actually sold. Let's see. It was certified platinum. It reached number one. It was. In 2010, 
they Billboard magazine named it the number sixteenth biggest summer song of all time. It was actually a song that they um, that when I read it read up about it. Uh, it was not actually ever meant to be released at all. It was like a demo tape that they recorded. <laughs> Sounds about and right. And <laughs> this guy that we have to thank for this bullshit, his name is uh, uh, Dale O'Brien. He was a production director at this radio station in Washington, D.C. So He accidentally can, played it? No, he found it. He, he found it and then like he said he listened to it and then his jaw dropped. And then he just added it to the to the rotation, and then after like what that, kind of a jaw drop? I think may, I didn't, that's a like good question. Like the way my jaw drops when I'm watching uh, The Handmaid's Tale. I'm pretty like... sure it was like a, a pearl clutching, <laughs> like holy shit! Like, was it like did he do it like ironically, or was this like real life? But I mean, let's just go through some of the lyrical content in in this song to just just to talk talk through like what what this means. So. The beginning, the song obviously starts, you know, no, New Kids on the Block had a bunch of hits. Chinese food makes me sick. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. I don't know why it exists. Or, or like, hip-hop. And, like, all of Chinese food makes you sick? Just just in general. Or, like, hip-hop marmalade spick and span. What is that? Uh, um, you know, he just, just says a bunch of random shit. These are, like, line after line items that don't make any sense. Boogaloo shrimp and pop sticks. Uh, ruby red slippers and a bunch of trees. I like Kevin Bacon, but I hate Footloose. <sighs> also, for that. the um the name of the group is Light Funky Ones. That is a thing. Um, yeah, I mean LFO. And the funny thing too is like everybody like loved that song in '99. Even I liked that song in '99. It was like it was a it was a bop. I it mean, was like, a dumpster fire. It was a dumpster fire of a song, without a doubt. But, like, you don't really get what this relationship was with this summer girl, you know, besides the fact that she looked like a girl who wore Abercrombie and Fitch. But also, the crazy part was, like, when this song came out, these dudes were firmly into their 20s. It yeah. wasn't like they were, like, 17 years old talking about this shit. Um, were they from Boston? They looked like they were from Boston. They also looked like they did, like, gay porn in the 90s, but... Yeah, they are. They're from New I Bedford. I knew it. Absolutely. From, yeah. They are without a doubt Boston boys. Yeah. Mm. But light funky ones, though? Like, come on. Nope. Well. No thanks. Yeah, we can go ahead and cancel that one. But yeah. that was a song uh, that I absolutely hated. Um, the other song that I was going to play was a song that came out a few years ago uh, called Cheerleader. Oh, and my God. Ugh. I every time I heard it, I left the room. It just was. It I don't know. It infuriated me. It was yeah, played so you. often, and I hated it. I still hate it. I hated it so much. I didn't even want to play it. At least I kind of. I can kind of ironically enjoy Summer Girls because it's a piece of it shit. It hasn't but been it's long enough like, for Cheerleader. It hasn't been long enough for Cheerleader. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think it ever will be. That song to me is just fucking awful. But more power to him. Um, okay. Anyways, that's that's my uh, that's my shit song. So, um, so I picked a song that came out. Actually, what year did that come out? Nineteen ninety nine. Okay, so this was the same year. Ooh, okay. But and I don't know if this was. Um, this song peaked at number four. It um, it was around, It was on the charts for like months, and it was around, and it's still. Like that stain that you cannot wash mm-hmm. from that garment, um, and it's just, it's just terrible. 
Somebody once told me the yes. world is gonna yes. roll me yes. I ain't yes. the sharpest tool in the shed She was oh my God. down with her finger in her thumb I will say. the shape of an L on her forehead Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming Back to the ground and I hit the ground running Did it make sense not to live more fun? Wow, your brain gets somebody smart, knows the lyrics Cause you can't escape it What's wrong with Frank in the backseat? You'll never know if you don't go You'll never shine if you don't glow Hey now, you're an all-star Get your game on, go play Hey now, you're a rock star Get the show on, get paid All that glitters is gold All they shouldn't stop Break the mold I mean, it's. I will say this it's definitely better than Summer Girls. Without a doubt. It it's, actually is it a It is a pretty well-crafted song. It is. Um, it's just, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a good song. It's, pr- it's, produced, it's, it's produced pretty well, well. But like. It's just, I think, it's just think so it was annoying. Overplayed? I think it was just, it's a victim of being over, overplayed, but to a point, like over, not even just like over a specific year, but just like. Constantly throughout constantly. all time and space. Because it was big in 99. It's and also then, been licensed a trillion times yeah. for like movies and Between TV Shrek commercials. Between and commercials, it was just too many places. Yeah. Because I wonder if like we would feel the same way about it if it was just a song that that hadn't become as like synonymous with like mediocrity because it was just attached to all this bullshit because it was just like. Because I think it's victim of like songs like One, Two, Three, Four by Fives, for example. It's a good song, but it just got played everywhere. And it was yeah. just one of those. Or like another big summer hit, Somebody That I Used to Know, like also a really Rinsed. good song by Gautier, yeah. but just was like fucking like played too many times. Played and, to death. And, you know, I just listened to it uh, when I was like putting together this list because I was like, that's another great song. Honestly, that vocal is crazy Ooh, good. He, like, between the both of them? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just listened to the isolated vocals for that song. The vocal is stunning. They, like, he they, has the range. He has the range. He has he the absolutely range. Absolutely has the range. <laughs> yeah. But, like, but it, they, they killed it. They killed it. Yeah. I think that All Star kind of fell victim to the same situation. It's just one of those songs that. It just remains. It reminds me of like shopping at the mall at PacSun. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of like going to like the drive-in movie theater or like. It reminds me, yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of like that jocks and cheerleaders are a thing. Mm-hmm. Like hanging out in the quad and just like like a qu- it reminds me that a quad exists. A quad exists. <laughs> I remember this that particular summer because I there was not a Sunday night that I missed America's Top Forty with Casey Kasem. Uh huh. And that song was like number one all the time. And Casey Kasem was like, once again this week, it's <laughs> Smash Mouth with All Star. Yeah. Um, did they ever find Casey Kasem? Remember that he went missing like a few years ago? He's dead. Is he? Yeah. Shit. I did not know that. This is like when I found out that Jerry Orbach died like five years prior to when <laughs> I found out. And I was devastated for no real reason. It's all- Remember when... Um- Kirk Douglas died, and we thought he'd been Kirk dead. Kirk Douglas is not dead yet. Kirk Douglas is still alive. No, he actually is dead. When did Kirk Douglas die? Are you sure? Last because year. No, he did not. Yeah. I thought he's still kicking it. Oh my god, he's still alive. I told you his ass is still alive. He's like, <laughs> he won't die. He's gonna outlast all of us. I've thought that he died several times already. <laughs> no. I thought he died. Wow. 
No, he's a hundred years he's old. He's still alive. Yeah, that motherfucker is not going anywhere. <laughs> Do you remember when he was at the Academy Awards and he was on stage for like five minutes saying like God knows what? And they couldn't get they, rid of him. Well, they wouldn't because it's like who knows how much longer we have with him. But like, yeah, that man oh is God, old he's as fuck. Still alive. He's yeah. actually a hundred. Holy shit. Yeah. He's seen some shit. He's two seen world wars. Two world wars and like pretty much the entirety of Hollywood. Like some stories. Like he's been alive from like he's, World War One yeah. until Kim Kardashian's butt implants. Can you imagine that? Someone has seen <laughs> both. Quite someone with someone someone, someone someone saw somebody somebody saw World War One. Get you someone, somebody that can someone see both. Read something about Franz Ferdinand in a newspaper, maybe. Well no, he's a baby, but like even still. And then like live through both. Get you somebody that can live through both. <laughs> <laughs> the last of like the the Prussian Empire and the beginning of the Kardashian Empire. <laughs> oh boy! Wow. Okay, so um, so now let's like end it on a on a note of like ultimate summer jam. So, <clears throat> I I thought I about this two. for a while. I picked a couple too. The first one that I'm gonna play is just like. It's timeless to me, and I think it's because it's an ultimate summer jam. Because to me, it's like it. it I just I've I don't remember a time in my life without this song. It's like this really I don't know. It just played all the time when I was a kid, and it was also it's just still to me. I think the older I get, the more I appreciate it. Um, it's uh, one of the most sampled songs of all time, um, but and it's also kind of like. Um, I don't know. I'll just play a little bit of it. It's a it's a classic jam and I think you guys will like it. Mm, oh, yes. True, true story. So yeah, that's good times by Chic. Yeah, uh, it is a classic it's one of the disco best jam. It's, songs of all it's time. So well produced, yeah. like it's so crispy. If you listen to that song on like crispy, good headphones, warm, beefy, woo, it's delicious. just like well engineered. Yeah, so that's by Chic, <clears throat> uh, the Nile Rodgers like fucking power group of the seventies and eighties. Yeah. Um, that that song is it's eternal it's eternal it's eternally just, good it's so good even it's, though that song was probably played to death it was it absolutely played to death it still it, it rose I feel like again at every single fucking black Jesus function it is played you know like it was without a doubt like at every every wedding it's like that's the song that everybody starts getting out on the dance floor to start doing the electric slide to like yeah. that is the fucking jam yeah so I like have this this I don't know this forever appreciation for that song it's uh, it's obviously like I said earlier. It's been like uh, 
sampled a million fucking times by like everybody. I mean, it's it, obviously I think it's most iconic sampling is uh, "Rappers Delight" by Sugar Hill Gang. Um, mm. But beyond that, I mean, another one bites the dust by Let's Queen. Listen to the eight-minute version. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Around the World by Daft Punk. Um, Triple Trouble by the Beastie Boys. Uh, Rapture by Blondie. One, two, three, four, something new by Coolio. I mean, oh my it's god, yes, I been, forgot that was a thing. It's been like sampled One, two, a million three, times. Four, get your booty on, on the floor. floor. <laughs> gotta, gotta get up, get <laughs> down. That's a good jam. Um, but so, um, I guess some background on the song. Uh, it was the lyrics for the ba- for the song are based off of the super classic Milton Ager song "Happy Days Are Here Again," which is like a super solid jam. You know, "Happy Days Are Here Again." This stuff, yeah. It's a fucking solid jam. Um, and um, it is, uh, it became the number, it became the number, the band's second number one hit on both the pop and soul charts. Um, it got to, it sold like five million copies. It, at the time, it was the best uh, single in the history of Atlantic Records. Wow. Uh, it's also the number one soul single of 1979 in general. Um, yeah, it's just like, the song is, uh, it's it's been everywhere. Um, it just holds up. It's just it's it's so good. Um, yeah, I just that was that's my first kind of like ultimate jam uh, for the summer uh, because it's just I don't know it's a it's a classic song. Um, this other one, another it's kind of another old school song, but it is it's it's still one of my favorites. Yes. It doesn't matter what you wear, just as long as you are there, should go on like every um, invitation that I send out from now on. It probably should. That's a really good call. Yeah. That's that's actually true. I love this song. It's Dancing in the Street by Martha and the Vandellas. I mean, it's a classic American song. Uh, I got to perform with them. No fucking way. Yeah. Um, in 2009, I want to say, on... Um, uh, Jules Holland? No way. Yeah, That's me really and good. Adele and Lily Allen no and Martha way. and the Vandellas. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. Yeah, they were sweet old I aunties. Bet. What did you guys do? Some gospel song. Oh, cute. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is... Uh, Peace in the Valley, I think. Peace in the Valley? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That would have been good. I'll have to look that up. Um, so yeah, Dance in the Street, uh, it was written by Marvin Gaye, uh, William Stevenson, and Ivy Joe Hunter. It was released in 1964. Um, 
It's like one of Motown's like most like when you think of like yeah, the Motown sound, yeah. like that's right up there with it. Um it was like actually only like a minor like it was a number two like hit on the Billboard Hot One Hundred, peaked on number four in the UK charts. Uh but the song has a really interesting history that actually didn't I wasn't like super super clear on, but it actually is it's makes sense that um it actually kind of uh, was, I guess, a little, hang on, let's get a little bit more background on it. So, like, the song um, was released on Gordy Records, which is, like, a subsidiary of, like, um, Motown. Motown. It's, like, um, Barry Gordy's, Barry Gordy's like, specific little label. It's, like, layer, um, yeah. ego project. Yeah. <laughs> so, the guy, they said the song, the idea behind it came to Stevenson, who was a co-writer with, with, um, with Marvin Gaye, that, you know, he saw people dancing in the streets of Detroit, uh, um, when they it, when to cool off like underneath the fire hydrants and like his whole like sort of the song lyrically was built off of like him just like watching that and being inspired by it. It was actually kind of the original song was uh, in its structure was a ballad rather than like kind of like an up tempo kind of poppy song. Oh, wow. um, but when uh, when he got it over to Marvin Gaye, um, he kind of reworked it into like the sort of danceable jam that it became. Uh, and actually, like Martha Reeves from Martha and the Mandela's, obviously, like uh, asked if she could kind of record it to like fit it to her vocals, and then that kind of became what it was. Um, so she actually also recorded the song in two takes. Wow! And that was it. Um, but it song actually ended up taking its own like kind of its own life uh, in like the civil rights movement at the time in 1964. It'd be kind of kind of an anthem for a lot of things. We really think that um, the grand team, especially like in Detroit, uh, and I think it was like 60- what year did it come out? Sixty four. Mm. So it was shortly after the riots in Detroit mm. um, that kind of really rocked the country, um, and it became the civil rights anthem. That I think the original songwriters nef- definitely didn't. Jesus Christ! Oh, that's a group text that we're both mm-hmm. on. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, so they got, um, they got, uh, it got, it became this like anthem for this movement, essentially for people to get mobilized and to like get out into the streets. Uh, and a lot of people said that it was like this call of this kind of like call to riot. And um, the songwriters and Martha kind of went back and said like, no, 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 this isn't it. But then they like kind of as time distanced itself from this early to mid sixties. Um, they uh, kind of started to recognize the fact that this song really kind of came to to uh, mean something more than just it being about like dancing in the streets during the summer, just to kind of like, mm. cool down. It it became to to mean like uh, we have to like take to the, take it to the streets and, and really kind of uh, it's kind of like a, a joyous sort of celebration of like we're about to come get in here and d- disrupt some shit. Mm. Uh, which which I get, uh, and I think it's a really beautiful way in which to kind of take a song like this and and, and use that to kind of as a rallying point for people. Um, but yeah, I mean that that is uh, that's I think those are my two my two favorite songs for the songs of summer. It was also covered by the Mamas and the Papas, which is actually a really good cover of that song that I wanted to play a little bit of because it's. Um, oh yeah, I love their version too. I love the Mamas and the Papas. So good. Calling 
that voice. I know. Yeah, so those those are my cast. Yeah, sing out. God, that they we should do an episode on them. Cast Definitely them should. Day. Yeah. God. Um. They. Uh. I loved when people in the '60s, especially, it was really so much about the song, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of songs that people would re-record and re-record, and there'd be several versions of songs, and they would all have a strong identity of their own because people would put their own yeah. sound into that exactly. song. And that's so distinctly the of Mamas the time, and the Papas. Yeah. It's got this, like, surfy, 60s, like, Vibe to rock. it. Yeah. But still, cool. like, it's funny because, like, as, like, a folk group, you yeah. know, when you hear that song, you're like, there's so much soul in it. Yeah. Like, and you kind of... Well, Mama Cass, she, I mean, she was soul. She, she was had soulful. soul. She had yeah. soul. She had soul. Absolutely. But there were just, like, that whole... I mean, honestly, a lot of people don't really recognize, like, just how much like soul there was in that kind of like folky kind of uh community back then you know mm. like between the mamas and the papas or people like uh what the fuck am i thinking of you know like white rabbit jefferson airplane yeah like these like really thick kind of just like voices that you're just like holy shit like mm. you have like those are some pipes right there you know like um yeah I love the 60s Mama Cash, it was like, a, all it was day. it was an exciting time exciting time to be alive but not to drive it was a terrible time to drive. Not to drive. What are your um so, give me those ultimate jams? Give me those. Give me those ultimate jams. Okay, so my um so I picked two sort of yeah, in the same way that you did. Um one of them is a song that I guess I didn't really know. I mean it's before it's a song that's before my time, but mm-hmm. um Growing up in Southern California was a song that was on the radio constantly, especially during summer. And mm-hmm. like, when I hear it, I just I can smell a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just such it's an old school like lowrider Southern California like West Coast classic. Yeah, and it's just pure summer. Oh, hang on, let me make sure I'm disconnected. Yep. Is a that is that song is a, a masterclass in being extra like it's the whole so thing. good it is so, <laughs> so extra. extra it's so like good it's though. a masterclass in how to be 
a high functioning hot mess. Absolutely. And how, to, do how to well. be messy and do how it. Be, how to be messy. <laughs> how to be messy and still get to the and top. Still get to the point. Um, it was the song. Was um, it was a song? It was a song. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, "Flashlight" by Parliament, written Ooh. by George Clinton, Bernie Worrell, and Bootsy Collins. Um, <sighs> it was released in January on uh, 1978, um, but it like. It has lived really on. became a song of the summer. Yeah, it absolutely. Um, it spent four months in the U.S. pop charts. In the um, so, jeez. Yeah, that song. It is. It's so like I don't know. When you think about like a funk song, like, yeah, that's that's it. That's it. That's like your classic funk sound, with like all the people. Like Parliament, obviously, like they are God amongst men when it comes down to like funk music. They are funk music. Yeah. Um. You know, like, what can you say? I mean, they, they, James Brown is like funk, is like the originator of like kind of the old school funk sound. Yeah. But like Parliament, I think of them as like, that's where it turned into electronic music. Yeah. And sort of became, I mean, hugely influ- influential to this day. Without a doubt. Um, that's the reason why they still tour. Yeah. Whilst they should not be. Oof. We... Did we did we see that together? I've seen, no. I've seen um, George Clinton with you before. <sighs> You know, the thing is, is, you know, like, I can't, you can't, like, give them all their propers. They're absolutely, like, you know, legendary, legendary, like, musicians. But should be at home. But they need to be sitting at home watching World of Fortune. I mean, he's 70 odd years old. And the crazy thing is, he sits on stage out of breath. Out of breath. Just tired. You know, at some point in time, people just need to realize it's their time to take a seat. Like, I know he was literally taking a seat, but like he needs to figuratively take a seat as well. Yeah. Um, it's just like I don't know. It's like I think it just taints your it taints your legacy after a while. Like the sort of continued like I don't know like insist. I mean, you got to eat though. You know, like there are yeah. bills to be paid. I mean, that's I why I think that, I think know? like he has bills because. Yeah. But also, I think those bills would get paid a lot quicker if he didn't have 40 people on stage dude they mean they definitely they would. always have a million people on stage yeah. i was at this uh the the uh giles peterson uh thing they did with we transfer at the oh the, the one the worldwide yeah the worldwide at the ace radio at the ace yeah. yeah so probably like five six months ago uh and george was there and had like i don't know everybody and their mama and their cousin on all stage. the cousins all the aunties Every all the uncles all the kids all the nephews and everyone's and the grandbabies grandbabies and the grandbabies grandbabies <laughs> like everyone's hollering on these microphones and then george is sitting there sweating in, in, in his chair to the side whilst everyone's just kind of on stage just like wandering around yeah. it was it was messy and chaotic but god damn it they made some good music yeah um yeah so yeah that's that was one of my ultimate summer jams um it was their first number one and really yeah and it um it was their second million selling single after um give up the funk to the roof of the sucker that was awesome. um, <laughs> also great and great Ooh, summer song great to summer be honest. song yeah um a dirty song just like yeah gr- like just like sounds dirty yeah yeah so yeah that was again that was one that was before my time but just like i really associate it with summer and mm-hmm. um the uh, then my next ultimate summer jam is i would say like corny in a lot of ways and the artist is definitely corny in a lot of ways, but there's something also really cool about it. And I don't know if that's because it's nostalgic and it reminds me of being a child in the nineties. But, um, I mean, it literally is the definition of 
a summer jam. Drums, please. <laughs> I mean, yeah. summer is not complete without this song. No, it's not. The groove slightly transformed Just a bit of a break from the norm Just a little something to break the monotony Of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control It's cool to dance, but what about a groove that soothes and moves romance? Give me a soft, subtle mix And if it ain't broke, then don't try to fix it And think of the summers of the past Adjust the face and let I wonder how many dicks Will Smith sucked that summer <laughs> fucking ridiculous um, so it's a song by um american hip-hop duo dj jazzy jeff and the fresh prince it was released oh. in may 1991 um and yeah it it was number one on the u.s r&b hip-hop charts um as well as number four on the top 100 uh and it also entered the uk singles chart at number eight it won them a Grammy, a very controversial Grammy. Why was it controversial? Um, in, I guess, a similar but different way as, like, Macklemore, like, winning. Yeah. I mean, I felt like... Who was he up against that year? Probably, like, some real... Like, Public Enemy or some like, shit like some that? real, like... Yeah. Yeah, like, controversial rappers, yeah. like, probably Public Enemy, Ice Cube, or Somebody people like, like that, that, like, yeah. Dre, Snoop, yeah. people that... Um, yeah. It and because, like, like, it's this sort of, like, old, jam. white... Like voter base, yeah. Um, it was the most like digestible. It's like safe, yeah. No, for sure. Like non-offensive, non. Um, yeah. It was. It was radio friendly. It was radio friendly, yeah. and people felt like. But I mean, someone could say the same thing about like California Love was like probably well, obviously like Tupac's most like radio family. That was. Just I mean, also that was definitely like, like a pop moment. Yeah, pop yeah, for sure. I think, you know, I had this like obsession with will smith when i was a kid like without yeah he a doubt, was cool he was the coolest person to me and he was also really dorky super dorky and he was a babe yeah i mean like he was a babe. will smith was like america's sweetheart in yeah. the 90s without a doubt i mean between like his music the movies the fresh prince um in summertime so last year i was at the roots picnic in Philly. Uh, oh, yeah. When him and his um, Him son. and Jazzy Jeff came out uh, during Willow Smith set at the end. And they did. They performed. And didn't J- they um, performed, Jaden uh, come out? No, Jaden wasn't oh. there. Jada, Jada came out. Oh, she did? Yeah. She's just looking just like, like a classic mom up there. Um, <laughs> but I have never in my life like been more surprised. And like. Because I, I, the last time I, I had a run in with Will Smith was when I was like 16. And it was a disaster. But. Uh, I was at uh, I was working at this hotel in downtown Kansas City called the Hotel Phillips and he was staying at the hotel and uh, he his room ordered room service one day and I was working at this the steakhouse and the room service food came out of the the kitchen that that I near worked and I realized that he was like recording not recording that he ordered and I was like oh my god I need to meet him can I bring his food up 
And then the room service guy was like, yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God, this is great. I'm going to get to meet Will Smith. And I get in the elevator with the food. And I've literally never done room service like before. I had no idea what the proper protocol for it was. I was just like really excited. So I brought this like tray of shit up there. And I get up to the to his room and I like did not know what to do. I was just like so overwhelmed. I was like my heart was beating a million and like miles a minute. <laughs> I knock on the door. I was like, he's not even gonna be there. This is like ridiculous. I'm, it's gonna be like an assistant or like somebody's gonna answer. And it's just him when he opens the door. And I just stand there. And he's just like, hi. And I was just like, just frozen completely. And then he's like, are you gonna come in? And I was like, oh. And then just like walk in with this cart. And then just like kind of <laughs> just mo- leave it, move it in there and just kind of stand there. I don't really know what to do. Is this the beginning of some erotic fan fiction? <sighs> no, we didn't have like, he, he didn't like, there weren't any sexual awakenings that happened here. <laughs> um, but I did kind of just forget like how to function in there for like a couple of minutes and just left the tray and everyone else's food in there. Just like he tried to like, just helped me out and I just didn't know what to do. It was like a fucking disaster. But uh yeah, he asked me what my name was and I completely forgot. I was what just, your like, name was? I didn't know what to say. I was like, This is Will Smith. You're like the you're like the you're my hero. You're you're the most like amazing person I know of I've ever heard of. <laughs> uh yeah. So Will Will and I have a, a long history and yeah, when he him and Jazzy just got on that stage last summer. You got your entire life. I got my entire life, and I was screaming like a schoolgirl. It was like it was like I was sitting at like an NSYNC concert, just like, (laughs) "Oh my god, it's what!" It was crazy. No, I get it. He does have that star power. He's incredibly charismatic, um, incredibly likable, attractive, smart, Mm -hmm. wealthy. He's the perfect catch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so that's been our songs of the summer. We hope we set you up for um, a good summer. Send us some of your your songs of the summer. I'd love to hear any additions that you have. And predictions for what... um, What the song of the summer this is. I don't think it's going to be Bone Apple Tea. (laughs) (laughs) I doubt it. I feel like... I don't. I don't think it's out yet. Yeah, I don't think it's out yet. Which I haven't is heard crazy. it. Crazy. I haven't heard it yet. Because I always feel like there's always that song that you kind of feel like, oh, this one's gonna be around for a while. Yeah. But I don't. I don't think there's anything like right now that's fitting that bill. Um, is it Carrera Crabaros? No tears on the dance floor. Karina. <laughs> <laughs> Karina. Karima Abdullah Jabara Cabaros. Crying in the club. Katrina Katana. Crying in the club. All right. Um, so send What us, is that song called? It's called Crying in the Club, I think. You know, so Kingdom Sia just released... Sia sounds really good yeah, on it. Kingdom just released a an album called Tears in the Club. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is great. Um, you should check that one yeah, out. Yeah, it is great. Yeah, but I thought I was confused because I kept seeing something, and then I, I listened to the Karina Kabbalah song, <laughs> Crying in... I don't know what the fuck her name is. <laughs> She was a part of the of No Harmonies, was she? Yeah, not? she was part of No Harmonies. But I heard it and I was like, "Oh, Sia must have definitely written this." Did she write it? Well, I'm assuming so because whenever she writes a song, whoever records it tries to sing exactly like, like her. Sia. Yeah. I guess we should look. I could look it up, except <laughs> that I don't really care, and we're like already. I've got somewhere to be. It's actually. called crying in the club. Crying in the club. <laughs> This episode is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Camilla Caballo. C- 
Camilla Caballo. I thought that was like... It's so new, it doesn't even have a wiki page. Mm. Well, anyway. Are you going to play it? No, I'm not going to play it. Oh. Um, Send us your fax emails. um, Contextofsound at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at... Context of, of sound. sound. If you want to be our intern and do our Spotify playlists, hit us up. Yeah, we're still looking for one. Um, um, we'll pay you in compliments. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Happy summer. Damn, that is a good-ass song. It just is.